Welcome to the Mark Explains Podcast, where we discuss anything from science and faith to politics, aliens, sex, and everything in between. My name is Mark, and I'm the host of this podcast, along with my best friend, Ashlyn. I am a chemist and geoscientist, and I studied at Michigan State University, but I am also a former evangelical worship leader, and I also did search and rescue from the back of a helicopter in the U.S. Coast Guard stationed all the way in Alaska over a decade ago. My life is replete with really unique stories and connections with the most unique people on this planet. And my goal in this podcast is to bring those conversations to as many of you as I can, and to hopefully bring laughter, peace, knowledge, and healing to all of you that listen. Welcome to the Mark Explains Podcast. I'm not full time <laughs> at all. Dude, are you are you feeling all right after that workout? Yeah, that really wasn't too bad. I was I'm not gonna lie, I was a little surprised. Um, that you felt I, good? Yeah, I felt good. Cause like normally squat cleans, like it's not something I'm super comfortable with. Um, and then even like with that weight, like I know I can power clean that no problem, but like I don't know, doing that much volume and Bro. doing that, it's like uh, I don't <laughs> my know. brain remembers. <laughs> my brain remembers what it's like when my my body is like, nah. <laughs> We nah, looked good bro. all the way through. It was just what was it the, um, the last uh, snatches that we did. Oh, bro. Yeah, I started to notice your face just every oh, time bro. that dumbbell went overhead. It was like, like it was. A sigh I was pausing. I, I was doing a quick pause overhead. It's so like it was a snatch and then a disengage. I was trying to disengage my lower back every time. Okay, gotcha. Just to give it some relief. For sure. There's, did it help? No. Yeah. <laughs> Zero <laughs> percent. You gave it the college try. You, you know, know there's there is no help in that. That was that was rough, dude. Thank you so much for letting me come down and work out and carving out some time in your day to chat. This is so cool, man. Dude, it's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, like uh, being able to meet somebody like you that has a lot of similar interests, similar mindset. Oh, yeah. uh, it's hard to find. And then just the fact that we met each other at the Pit Teen Throwdown, uh, it was like immediate friendship like, right away. Like, <laughs> man, where's this guy been my whole life? I you know? So I, we go down to this pit. I'll tell the story. We go down to this pit and uh, the Pit Fitness Ranch down in Three Rivers, Michigan. And uh, the, if I can't imagine the pit people are listening to this, but they might <laughs> with us both being on here. A um, lot of people there. It was, it, but we were just in a terrible location. Like they put us down the back 40 in a corner where there was <laughs> no one, man. There was probably what there was like a hundred and some athletes there, 120 athletes. Yeah. Uh, and they're all in the teens. And uh, <laughs> we, we get down there. I mean, we had like $200 in sales the first day. Yeah. It's like three shirts, four shirts. I'm trying to think of the volume of people that we actually saw. We maybe had 50 people at our tent maybe, the whole weekend. Maybe. You know? Like, maybe. And most of them were just kind of cruising by. Like They didn't even know we were there. They were like, oh, <laughs> vendors. Yeah, and there's uh, pork sandwiches over here. See ya. Yeah, I know. Everyone went to the food. That guy crushed. Oh, for sure. But that's food. Like, it, you can put a food tent anywhere and make money. If you're an apparel company, like, you have to be well-placed. Yeah. And it's, like, that's super important. And um, so we, I get set up, you're next to me, and we just start chatting. And I remember, like, immediately I was just like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Because uh, I met you and your wife, Rachel. You guys run. I, actually, why don't, you, why don't you, you introduce what, what it is you do? Because you're down here in, in Kalamazoo. 
And you've been doing this not very long, like this specific thing. Yeah. So um, we actually, we own a gym and then uh, we launched a clothing line like right at the same time. Uh, we opened uh, end of March. So you uh, did exactly what I wanted to do. You just <laughs> did it better. <laughs> well, so we actually, our first try was in 2016. That was like our first run at oh. like trying a clothing line. And I think I told you, uh, so we ordered everything off of Alibaba. It was our first time. You know, we thought we did enough research. So we did our designs, everything like that. And then we got our shipment in. So we probably ordered like 300 pieces between stringers, the uh, hoodies, and then like uh, a long sleeve shirt. Was and it gnarly fit back then? Yeah. It was gnarly, okay. but different design. So gnarly fit 1.0. Yes. And uh, so we opened up the packages and uh, I tried on a large, which is my typical sizing. And I couldn't even get my head through the top of the sweatshirt. Oh, like it was like that Because small. it came from China? Yeah. And oh. like, so we were like, uh-oh. So I tried on the extra large, still couldn't do it. Tried on the double, and then finally, like, it put on, but, dude, it was painted on me. Bro. Yeah, so it was kind of a wide awakening of, like, oh, crap, we messed up somewhere along the lines. And so we started, like, selling a little bit at the gym because I was transitioning. I was still working at the previous gym. It was Strength Beyond, another gym in the area. And um, so we kind of, like, we're just internally selling that way, but we had no idea how to build a website. How, how, much, to, how much money did you invest in that first Alibaba shipment? All together, because, I mean, we bought the heat press, we bought, um, and we had all the transfers printed out from us, I think from uh, Transfer Warehouse, yeah. Heat Transfer Warehouse, something like yeah. that. Um, and I think all together, we probably put in about three grand into everything. Not terrible. No, but when you only sell about $1,000 worth of stuff and you're looking at everything else, yep. like, how am I going to get rid of this? Yeah. Um, I, I had just graduated college at that time, and I had decided I wanted to do medical sales. So it was kind of like, all right, I can make... $15 a t-shirt or I could go hit a, my bonus and I could make five grand a bonus every month. Yeah. So it was like, okay, kind of, kind of a no brainer at that point. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So you like, what do you do with all the, that old apparel? We still have it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've even, I've thought about like giving it away here at the gym, like for, I don't know, just a, a giveaway or just to, like some of our current members that we like. And Rachel thinks that we should just hold on to it for like vintage later on down the line. Um, cause it's like old style, um, just with our logo and everything. Cause we don't use that logo anymore. Um, the G was like completely different. There was no grenade or anything like that. It was more like a mountain. That what was, made you think of the grenade? Um, so actually we had, uh, I didn't think of it at all. We had actually hired a dude. Um, it was a friend of mine back in college to like work on designs cause he was in, uh, going to school for graphic design. So he put up like a couple of different designs and everything. And, uh, every time that we would meet, we'd be like, okay, we really like this one. Like let's get going. And so we would need him to send us the file, like the PNG or SVG, like whatever it was, just yeah. so we could like get things ordered. And then he would come over and meet with us again. He'd be like, dude, check out this new design. Like I did this and this and this. And I'm like, all right, well, that's great. You know, um, however, I want to at least get the first one going. Oh, you know what I mean? It's like cool, but annoying. Yeah, exactly. And then next thing you know, we finally make a decision. And so I asked him to send me the files over and I paid him 500 bucks for like these designs. Because we were going to use like 99 designs, I think, or whatever, um, to try sure. to do our logos and everything. But he was a friend and I was thinking like, hey, if you can continue to pump out designs for us, like I'll keep you on. We'll give you like a percentage of everything because I didn't know how to design. I didn't know how to do Adobe or anything yep. like that. And uh, all of a sudden he just um, disappeared. Uh, what do you mean? Like couldn't get a hold of him. Um, he ghosted you? Co yeah, ghosted me. Full on ghosted us. And you paid him? Yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah. So like... 
Um, then we were like, crap, like, what do we do? So it ended up taking him probably four months to finally get us um, the designs, but Bro. he didn't, he only gave us one. Bro. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in the right file or anything. So fortunately our landlord, she owned, um, they were owning a t-shirt printing shop here in like Portage area or whatever. So we took it to her and she was able to like redo it and everything sure. and at least get those logos like printed for us. Yeah. Um, so it was just a rough process, dude, from like start to finish. And we, we just didn't have the time and it, we just lost interest and it was like all momentum's gone at this point. Bro. Yeah. That's absurd. You should keep that. You should keep the old stuff. Uh, but I almost wonder if you can like, uh, almost like redo it with some new stuff on it. Um, like once with like, OG, like you can put like OG yeah. gnarly at some point and release it kind of like a special release. You could do that. Well, here's the other thing. So uh, I got two things. So um, how I ended up doing the designs is he had sent me a, a picture of like the PDF file of like all the different designs because he had done some mock-ups for us with the different designs. So that's when I decided like, all right, I'm going to download Adobe and I'm going to watch YouTube and I'm going to figure out how to make this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freehand this <laughs> I because I like this grenade. You know? I like when people are like, I'm just going to download Photoshop and learn it real quick. <laughs> Dude, I didn't leave the computer desk. Like, besides going to work, I immediately would just come home and I'd be on it for hours until like Bro, 1, 2 a.m. Hours. Mm-hmm. Hours. It is so complex. The learning curve is so steep. Was, was it Photoshop that you were working with? Uh, just Adobe. Um, Illustrator? Yeah, I think it's Illustrator yeah, is what similar. we were using. Okay. And then the hardest part was like, if I had a question of like, okay, I've got pretty much the design together now, but now when I transferred over to Cricut, it's not cutting out correctly. So like you have to do, you have to format it correctly, you know? So like, I didn't even know what questions to ask Google. I'm like, I don't even know how, I'm sure the answer's out there, but what do I ask it? Yeah. Like, so um, fortunately you press enough buttons and you sit there long enough, you figure it out. out. So yeah, you're like me, I'm a problem solver. I, I want to figure things out. That's sure. super important to me. So you went into medical sales after that, though. So you did, did you give up on the gym dream? Yeah. So, like, because I was a man- Where was that? Ten minutes down the road. Oh, so here in Kalamazoo. Yep. So um, I was managing the gym, and, like, I was making decent money. I was probably making, like, between forty fifty thousand 50000 a year. So, like, not bad. It was perfect for school. You know, it was mainly commission, but I realized that, like, I was only going to make that amount of money. There was nowhere really to go up. Unless yeah. I owned the gym and I did not have enough in my bank account to actually be able to buy a gym or anything. Yeah. So all of my friends um, that went, they were trying to go to med school, decided to be medical sales reps. They were making buku money. Yep. They loved their job. So yep. I was like, I'm going to do that. Like, yeah. I might as well at least just make money. I yep. like this whole sales thing because I knew if I worked harder, I'd make more money. So yep. that's kind of what led me to that. Dude, wild! What what type of uh, what type of drugs did you sell? So, I wish I sold drugs. That would have been way more fun. I sold hospice. I sold death, bro. Oh gosh, yeah. you sold death. I was a grim reaper. Man. I had a I had a friend that was on the forefront of um, Viagra. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, he was medical sales for Viagra when it first came out. And he said, like, he would go into, because, like, look, you'd go into an office uh, at a specific time, and there would be, like, other reps there, and the uh, the reps would be trying to get in, Mm -hmm. and he would walk in, and he would be, like, ushered past, because he had the special blue pill that everyone wanted, and it was, it was, he said, the amount of money he made. Oh, I can imagine. 
I think they made a movie literally about that drug too. It's called Love and Other Drugs with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh gosh! And it's like when they come out with Viagra and that. Oh gosh! He God. was struggling. Right oh gosh! First. Yeah. And then they come out with that drug, and he just like it was it was revolutionary because sure. I mean like all the other drug reps are trying to sell their drugs to these. I mean, basically, they're trying to get them into hospitals. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the doctors to promote, basically. Mm-hmm. And this guy would just breeze past the entryway and made so much money. It was crazy. The one thing interesting about that job, though, and they explain it in the movie, too, is just getting that time with a doctor, getting that time with a nurse. What People, does that look like? Dude, it's it's kissing ass. Are doctors are are they different when you're with them like that? Yeah, they're oh, just yeah. they're just regular peeps. Yeah, most of them are regular peeps. I mean, you run into a few that are kind of high and mighty and a little bit stuck up, you know. But other than that, most of the time you get them behind closed doors. They're pretty cool, um, especially if they need like what you're selling. Um, so like with me, it, a lot of it is timing because if they have a rep that they like, things are going smooth. They're not going to talk to you. They're not they're not going to talk to anyone because they got people beating on their door every day. So they're like, nope, I'm good. My rep's going to come in. He probably brings me food, brings me all these gifts and different things like that, you know, in order for my time. And I'm going to continue using his drug. And like as a rep, that's what you do. Once you have a client, like your job is to, you spoil them. What are you going to do to keep them happy? So they just continue doing business with you. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So you, so it was a lot of traveling? Yes. Yeah. Would you recommend the job to somebody if they were looking for a job? Um, it would depend on what their interests are. Um, because like to me to get into a career like that, like some people will say like, Oh, I do it cause I want to help people. No, you do you a job like that. <laughs> yeah. You, you do that job because you want to make money. Yeah. You know, because it's not easy. Like now, once you start building your book of business, like it gets easier, but that beginning, I mean, you're, you're just hitting the streets. Like it's, it's knocking on doors. You're doing anything you can to just get a meeting, spending money. I mean, you're bringing lunch. There'd be times to where I'd have, you know, 40 people that I'd have to come to. I'd have to get custom orders for everybody. Go oh to, go to Panera. Gosh. Well, and then you do all of that. You'd get to the meeting and the doctor that you're trying to talk to, everybody comes in, he'd grab his food and be like, all right, thanks guys. And then he'd peace out. So then I'm there with the 39 others that can't do anything about what I'm trying to sell. And I just spent three, four hundred dollars You know what I mean? Bro. On food. Uh-huh. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that your money or was that the company's? Company's money, company fortunately. Money? Yeah, as long as it was food, uh, it was comped. Like, you couldn't do alcohol uh, on the record or anything. Like, you couldn't use a corporate card or anything. But there was a few. There was a few that, like... Um, they were super cool. So like as a little gift, you know, around Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, I'd bring them a fifth of Jack or, you know, something like that. And we keep it a little hush hush. But other than that, it was just, you had to milk them with food because you couldn't do gift cards. Pharmaceutical reps actually kind of ruined it for everyone else. Um, because of that. Did you, I mean, I know through word of mouth or through the rumors that doctors, can get kickbacks by prescribing certain mm-hmm. drugs a certain amount of times per month or per week. Did you see that or were you involved in anything like that or? No. So like with what I did, um, so I dealt with doctors, but not as often um, as you would like a pharmaceutical rep or even like a medical device rep. Uh, because I dealt with hospice, um, a lot of the times I'd be dealing with nurse practitioners or I'd be dealing with directors of nursing at nursing homes or social workers or things like that. Um, and I know Michigan is pretty heavy on the rules when it comes to that. Yeah. However, I would talk to other reps like from our company that were working in Florida and that was huge down there. Like if the doctors weren't getting a kickback, they didn't want to work with you. So Really? Mm-hmm. 
So how much fuckery goes on behind the scenes at a hospital compared? I mean, because a lot of people don't know that hospitals are private businesses. Mm -hmm. People think like hospitals just exist. Like they are the thing like schools, you know, that they think that they're just there for the well-being of humans, but they're not. Hospitals are for profit Mm -hmm. and doctors are working for these for profit hospitals and really, it's all kind of ties back to like big pharma mm-hmm. because big pharma makes the pills that they can charge all the people. And if the doctors are prescribing the pills, then they're, everybody's making money and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So how much fuckery goes on behind the scenes that people don't really know about? I think there's a decent amount. I personally didn't get to see a whole bunch with like what I was doing. Um, however, like I just know from personal experience, even on myself, if I had to get like an MRI or something, they would make me go do like uh, not a heart cath, but I would have to go get um, an EKG or I'd have to go. So they would prescribe something else yeah. for you to do the uh, the other thing. Yeah. So I go spend a couple hundred more dollars, you know, on something that like I'm a healthy 30 year old guy who obviously my heart is fine um, and I'm having Achilles surgery. So like. You're not working on my heart. You're not doing anything like that. The amount of times that I've told a doctor, like, no, I'm good. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I want this. Like, and also people don't realize that there might be like an order of operation for how they do things, but you can, you can request whatever you want. So think of it. So when I tore my Achilles, so you could tell, you could feel it with your fingers. It's, it's severed. It's completely torn. Um, and so you the could fir- feel it. You, you could feel it. Oh. Like you could literally feel the, the separation. <laughs> um, and, uh, so obviously the first thing they prescribe is, oh, you have to get an x-ray and they'll tell you right there. So this x-ray is not going to tell anything no. because obviously it's, um, soft tissue. Yeah, exactly. They're like, but for insurance and that we have to have you do an x-ray first. And then, you know, then you can actually have a referral for an MRI. And I'm like, so yeah, so you it's go a spend. paywall. Mm-hmm. It's a hospital paywall. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just crazy. If you want information, you have to pay us. Yep, that's wild. Mm-hmm. My gosh! So you spent how how long in the medical sales? Five years. What was the best part of it? Um, so with what I did, um, working with seniors, you know, in that, um, so I had the good part of the job. Everyone thought that I had the super sad part of the job because I'm selling hospice, but they just had a conversation with their doctor or social worker that they have roughly six months or so left to live. So that's a tough conversation. Uh, I usually wasn't a part of that, but then I would come in after because they're like, okay. So you dealt with people. Yeah. Oh. But the first sale, the first sale came from the doctor or the nurse because- gotcha most people are not shopping for their hospice company like before they die so anytime that the doctor tells them that like hey it's time to start thinking about hospice do you have anybody in mind the patient's like well no you know who do you recommend so we were there to win those recommendations yeah exactly so once you know once if the doctor said our name the patient's automatically going to be like okay yep i'll go with them so then that's when we would come in and my team would come in and basically we'd get to tell them all of the benefits of hospice, basically all of these services that they're going to get for free um, and a whole care team that's going to be taking care of them during their last days. And because most people have no idea even what hospice really is and that it is free and you get all of these extra services, they were like, wow, oh my gosh, like this is great. So 
I got to be looked at as like, oh, I'm the good guy. I'm coming in here, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be giving you all of these services. We didn't have to do any patient care. So basically, once they agreed, I would just set everything up with our team, like our nurses and things like that. We would set up an intake visit. Um, and then once that was done, the, my job was done. And my job was to go get another referral. Was that through COVID? You oh, did, yeah. You did it through COVID? Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Sucked. Really? Um, yeah. So you would think, at least in my mind, I would have thought that like, wow, like we're going to get more business, right? There's more people dying. There's more people. Complete opposite. Our business tanked during COVID. How? Because, um, so hospitals, they stopped doing like general surgeries because of all of this COVID oh. and all of that. So that slows things down. Um, and then nursing homes, um, if they took COVID patients, well then no patients wanted to go to that one unless they were COVID positive. Oh, so people might've been dying more from COVID, but everything else t- hit the brakes. Yep. So overall, there was probably less mm-hmm. hospice needed mm-hmm. during that time. For sure. That's, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. And then because people weren't getting those surgeries or they were scared to go to the hospital um, when they should have, you know, if they're having some ailments at home, typically they'd be like, oh, I need to go to the hospital or I need to go to the doctor to go get checked out. But they were like, ah, I'm not going because it's risky and I'm, I'm probably okay. So, um, yeah, we lost out on a lot of business during that time. Would, were, were your paychecks correlated with business like you got commissions mm-hmm. on that stuff so i was a uh, base salary plus commission Where, did you get a hard hit during covid like the amount of money you made yeah um so being a manager my bonuses were a little bit different as well so oh. instead of being monthly um which w- which is what it was when you're a rep and uh it turned to quarterly so it was based on general census however many patients you had on your population on hospice at the time. So this sounds really bad, but we wanted them dying, but we didn't want them to die. Like, so the, the longer that we kept them on service, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we make more money that way. You, know? you want them kicking the bucket, just not to kick the bucket. Exactly. So our joke all the time would be like, you know, don't go dying on us now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> That's so dumb. So at what point did you want to leave? And I mean, because here I'm sitting at In Your Gym, Gnarly Fit in Kalamazoo, Michigan. This place is sick, man. It's the tits. Like, you got it. I mean, there is an aesthetic here. It is. Your your brand is just bled through this place so well. I know that Rachel has probably a lot to do with that as well. But, like, you've – I walked into this place. It looks like it's been here for five years or even longer. It's incredible. So like what, like how did you get to this point coming from that? Because a lot of people would just be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with a nine to five. I'm good with just, I mean, and like, and there's nothing against that. There's a lot of people that are really happy for sure working a traditional job, not me. Fuck that. Never again. But there's a lot of people like my best friend, Andy, he is, he is happy working a nine to five. He's yeah, you know, he's married with two kids and, and he's just, he's, he's happy with that, but it almost feels like there's something in you that's like this worked, but it's not working. Mm-hmm. So one big thing is, uh, I don't like being told what to do. Uh, yeah, you know, like I've got to believe in, in what I'm doing. Yeah. And then during COVID, a lot of our lines started getting blurred of what we were doing when numbers started to tank corporations or at least my corporation uh they wanted to just keep squeezing more and more out of the reps for less pay 
Um, so that was like one of the things to like, they were basically mandating us to do certain things that I did not agree with. Um, so that was kind of the start. Um, then you get into the whole, um, you know, mandating the vaccine. Uh, if you want to work here, like you're going to have to have the shot. I knew my company was getting closer and closer to having to do that. Um, and I have my own beliefs and one of them just being, I don't like being told what to do, whether the shot was good for you or not. Like you're not about to tell me that I have to do this in order to work here. Like, no, thank you. Like, um, so it was basically during that part of the time to where I started to really second guess or reevaluate what I wanted in life. Because before it was, okay, I'm chasing the money. I want to be Mr. CEO. I want to run some big company, be the big executive dude. Um, and after, you know, being with the company for three and a half years at that point, I was making good money. Um, however, it just, it wasn't that exciting feeling or, um, I didn't have that fulfillment that I thought I would have. So we were on our honeymoon actually right after we got married. Uh, we were in Mexico sitting by the pool and uh, one day I just started crying. Like, no way. Yeah. Really? I, I was just like, I don't want to go back. Like somewhere Oof. along the line, I made the wrong decision. Like this Oof. is not the path that I thought I was going to be on, you know? And uh, Dude, that's a tough spot to be in knowing that you have to go back mm -hmm. and you don't want to. Well, and the other thing that scared me was like, so my degree is exercise science. It was hard enough for me to even get a sales job with what I was doing because it wasn't a business degree. It wasn't sales and marketing, you know? So I had to prove myself in order to even get my job. And then after I've been doing this job for three and a half years. So if I'm gonna go get another sales job or whatever, it's most likely gonna have to be entry level somewhere. I'm gonna have to take a step back. And you know, once you start climbing your way up the ladder, it's really hard to, um, take a step back and especially Dude, it's so hard especially because there was nothing else I was passionate about I'm like I, I don't want to do any of this work are you like me that you've done many different things in your life I'm I, I and I don't know I'm genuinely asking I'm I found myself I feel like I've had like five careers and I'm like 41 <laughs> <laughs> like I was a you know, I did search and rescue in the Coast Guard, and I, I, I was, you know, I worked for Fox News as a journalist a long time ago. I, you know, I've just, I've done so many things. I'm a chemist now, but I also am starting an apparel company. I'm just like, there's, I, I worked for a logistics company for a long time. I like, I feel like there's so many things, and I, I was actually, um, I was watching these short videos, and this guy was like, it's not that I'm wishy-washy. It's that when I do something, I want to learn it to the max and master that thing. But once I've mastered that thing, I get bored. For sure. And I'm on to the next thing. And it's not that I'm wishy-washy. It's just I'm bored in the thing because it's no longer challenging me. For sure. And that, that's what I think it was. Like I worked for the logistics company. and I, like In the first month, I became the fastest growing uh, account manager in the whole company. And there was like 1,200 people that worked there wow. across the nation. And I, it was really quick. And I was like, yeah, it's because this is easy, everybody. And I got bored. I worked there for about a year and a half. I was like, fuck this place, I'm out. And now it's like the next thing. But now I'm doing the, this apparel company, Thick Boy. And I realized this is a really hard problem to solve. And it's probably gonna take me a long time to be really good at it. For sure. So is this, it, are, are you similar? No, uh, and I think because uh, for so long, I like, I wanted to be an athlete. 
I wanted to be a professional bodybuilder. I wanted to be an influencer. You were for a bit. I wasn't professional, but like, I mean, I was super serious about it, you know? So it was working at the gym, being a trainer. I realized being a trainer in Michigan at most gyms, you're not going to make enough no. money to live off of. No. So it was always, I did that and then something else to help supplement the money that I was, uh, so I could live. Or you'll make enough to pay your bills and nothing else. Mm -hmm. That's about it. So I think everything, it, it, it always draws back to, I just wanted to live in this life of like just fitness. I, I love fitness. Yeah. I have to work out every day. And it's like, this is where I need to be. Like, yeah. So it was always just trying to find an avenue. How can I keep my hands on that? But for a while it was, I didn't think it was going to be feasible. I wasn't going to make enough money. So really? that's why, that's what kind of why I gave up. And I was like, I need to try this different venture because otherwise I'm never going to be able to have the life that I want. Interesting. So what's the next step? Cause like you, you're starting this, uh, this gnarly fit. How many, how long are you into it? Uh, about six months at this point. Dude, yeah. that's, that's incredible. It's incredible. Like you're, I mean, do you, do you feel like it's successful yet? No. <laughs> are you an imposter syndrome right now? Very much so. Really? Yeah, me too. But it's one of those, you know, I'm sure just like you, you know, you have high standards, you have, you set yourself goals, uh, whether they're achievable or not, you have those goals in your mind. And, yeah. you know, so I had some six month goals and I think I'm really close to where I'm at, but it still doesn't feel like I'm there yet. So every Dude, you, day it's just, I, I need more. Do you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. I don't set goals. Okay. I, it's, it, it's something that like, I know it works. I know people write down things. They're like, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. For me, the way my brain works, I, I don't see those as goals. I see those as like a cap. And the moment somebody hits a goal, it's almost like they back off on the gas a little bit. Mm -hmm. and like, or their foot goes, you know, they push the clutch in and it goes into neutral for a half second. And for me, I'm all gas all the time. So my six-month goal is I'm going to work as hard as I can for six months and never take a break for sure. And then when that six months is up, I'm going to do it again. And that's, that's, I think a little bit of a difference that doesn't work for everybody. It for works sure. for me. It's very interesting though, because yeah. uh, I mean, it makes sense as well. And you, and to me, you've got to do what works for you. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, for me, I don't necessarily like live by those goals, but more of just a marker of like, am I on track? Uh, am I yeah. in this direction? You know, and then opening a gym, I've never done it before. So yeah. are my goals too high? Are they too low? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no you know? And I'm huge on affirmation. You can ask Rachel, like that's, that's my love language. That's what I need. Yeah. I need affirmation like all the time. Yeah. So when you don't really, I don't have anybody to lean on to be like, Hey, is this, am I doing good? Yeah. Like, I don't know. So that yeah. just makes you just keep running. Well, and running. I, I know that I'm, I know that I'm on the right track because September was our first $10,000 month. Dude. So we, we had a $10,000 month. Did I make $10,000? No, I did not. Did we do 10,000? Yes, we did. And that it was a big month. So like when I look on there, it says in the last 30 days, what did you make? And it was like just over 10. And I was like, I feel like being nine months into a company. Cause I'm mm -hmm. nine months in your five, six months in for sure, which is wild to me. Um, I feel like that's also, we're in, we're in your gym. Those are weights <laughs> in case anyone's wondering what the fucking banging is. Rachel's actually chained up in the back. Yeah. She's just <laughs> like sloth trying to get out. <laughs> um, I, for me to be nine months in and to see $10,000 in sales in, in 30 days feels really good. It should. Um, because I know January was like 
$200. In February, it was like $250. And then March was like $75. For sure. It like it goes up and down. Mm-hmm. And like no one was buying. And I was like, why isn't anyone buying our stuff? Well, I t- did take a four-week vacation to Bali and did <laughs> nothing for the entire business. And I realized if you don't put into the business, it's not gonna, it's not gonna put out. And so I think when I got back, I'm like, you know, I think I wanna do this, do this. And that's when I sunk in and I have been working nonstop. I mean, every single, I, I was up until 10, 10.40 last night, printing and graphics and imaging. And I was up at 6.30 this morning, hammering back away. Like I don't stop ever. And I don't think, I, I think I need to get a shirt. Or there, or there needs to be a, a slogan for me that just says all gas. For sure. That's me, bro. Dude, I'd buy it. I'm all gas. Well, and I, this is the part of business that most people don't want to talk about. You know, it's always the success story. Oh, you know, we were struggling for a second, but now look at us. We made yeah. it big, you know, and it's yay. Woo-hoo. You don't hear about the 30 businesses just like them that failed. Dude, for sure. And you like wanting to put your head through the wall because it's just you're working until 11 o'clock at night, you know, pressing shirts or, you know, editing a video on for social media, you know, and it's like, what oh, is this? Is this worth it? I am, hate, am I on the right track? I hate social media. So much, <laughs> Dude, same. Dude, I downloaded CapCut. Dude, genius. And they have an auto ad maker. Yeah. Bro, that's a home. I just clicked like five videos. And it was like, AI was like, mm-hmm. I was like, get out of that. That's a professional video. Mm-hmm. And I got it free. Wild. And it's so good. Dude. And it saves so much time. Oh, my gosh. So just within the last month, I've started using CapCut. Oh, Because right at first, I didn't understand it. And I tried a video on it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I couldn't use good music. All of their stock music yeah, it was is garbage. terrible. Yeah. But I found out that you can extract music yep. from somewhere else. Yep. So basically, I just screen record on my phone whatever song I want. And Well, then... you can just download it. And then when you go to upload it on Instagram, you just click the little noise button mm-hmm. to mute the to mute the video and then just put over your own songs that's what okay I, that's what i do it's simple but dude there, there's times and you can ask rachel like her on her videos dude she'll spend two hours Ugh. editing a video you know? bro that's so much time dude the one from the pit oh, she'll probably hear this hey, she might not hear this i don't know you, you um, know she's gonna listen to this dude she worked on that thing for a week two weeks and I mean a little couple hours at a time you know and don't be wrong I think the video is great it's like three minutes long yeah I think she got like 45 likes and she was like are you kidding me (laughs) like and and then and then you put up one that's 12 seconds long it took you five minutes and you get 300 likes mm -hmm. from it I'm like this is garbage Mm -hmm. I I put up the I literally posted a tiny little one with a corgi Oh, yeah, yeah. You saw that Corgi one? Oh, it's yeah. like blowing up. I'm of course. Like, this is dumb. Well, dude, you, you cheat code the Corgi right yeah. there, you know? Post Everybody a picture. loves Corgis. Do you, you ever have moments where you feel like you want to quit everything you're doing, give it all up? Yeah, last night. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about this whole Wadapalooza thing. Like, even just making that decision Bro. and, like, with just, like, what's going on. I mean, it's a lot of money. You're you going to do, do it? Yeah. 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 We're going to do it. You have to. I, I think you, I think the conversation that we had and the mindset behind it is like it's gonna it's gonna require o- almost all the money I have. Mm-hmm. But betting on yourself is the best bet you can make. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the turning point is realizing you're you're betting on yourself. You're not betting on. Th- 
you're not betting on anything outside. I mean, like you, you control this mm -hmm. in a sense. I mean, well, uh, to a certain level, like you control your actions, you control the, the, the direction of the ship. You don't necessarily control where it goes, but right now you're turning that dial on that ship, right? You know, and you're going to say, this is where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And we are steering towards very tumultuous waters. Like it is going to be hard mm -hmm. and sinking everything that I have into a vendor event. I mean, it's 10 K out the door to get in. And then you have to have $20,000 of inventory. We're looking at a $30,000 investment mm -hmm. easily. Then you got to get down there. And you got to get a hotel for five or six days. And then all the food you're going to eat. I mean, you're looking at $35,000 all in and you don't know mm -hmm. if you're going to get it back. You, you, I mean, that, that is a business ending decision mm -hmm. if it goes poorly. If anything goes wrong, you're, you're, it's done. It's over. I will take that bet every day of the week because I'm betting on myself. As you should. You know, I think part of me is, uh, you know, even in the beginning, it took a lot of guts for me to quit my comfort job, you know, making six figures uh, to even take this venture. This is the same, same decision. I might have had a little bit more money in the bank account then, but uh, I'd be an imposter if I said that if I didn't take the chance because I preach going for it, reaching for the stars, you know what I mean? Following your dreams, following your passions. And it's like, I finally got myself an opportunity to do that. Dude, and then I'm about to say no. Dude, a lot of people, a lot of people preach real loud from social platforms and do nothing mm -hmm. in real life. Nothing. They're working at their plant job making 16 bucks an hour. And then they make their little videos and they say, you need to chase your dreams. You need to do these things. And meanwhile, I'm struggling making a video because I'm physically <laughs> chasing my dreams. Dude, people have no idea how much time mm -hmm. it takes. Like right now, I'm supposed to be, I need to order some sunglasses to get them in. I can't find the time to order sunglasses. Like this is like, you know, you're busy when you can't find time to order something from online. And that's like, it, it's on the list of things to do. It's priority number 27 or something like that. Yeah, I'll get to it. I don't miss anything. I literally miss nothing. Mm -hmm. And then I also show up 100% of the time. There are times where I have to reschedule. But like if I say I'm going to be there, I will be there. Sure. And I have, like to be a person who runs a business like this, you have to be that type of person. Yeah. Where if, if you're going to do something, you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. Because no longer are is it just you depending on you you have a whole slew of people depending on you mm -hmm. and you have to show up mm -hmm. well, especially where we're at in our business we're new um, people are taking a chance on us there's yeah. a lot of other brands a lot of other clothing lines a oh, lot of bro. other you know and yet saturated market we got the sale you, you got that, so you're going to not show up. It's not like, uh, say, you had Billabong or you had Noble or something like that. You know, they rescheduled. Some people would be like, oh, well, it's Noble. You know what I mean? They can do what they want. Yep. They've, they've earned that name. We haven't, you know? And so you get that one shot. You blow it. That's it. It's gone. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. What time is your class? Three, uh, 3.45 p.m. 4.30. Right? 4.30. Let's do 15 more minutes. Okay, deal. And then we're going we're, we're gonna to do, like, a few of these. Uh couple quick questions do you believe in true love i do really i do yeah uh, only because uh the woman that i'm with right now uh who is listening to this <laughs> <laughs> i never would have thought you know you watch the movies and they're like you know when you find the one that the true one you, you're gonna know 
you know. Uh, I always thought that was a crock. I've dated a lot of girls, a lot of girl, a lot of them based on looks and things and that, whatever. I thought I was in love, you know, and it didn't feel the same. And it wasn't until her and I, like, got together and then, like, really. How do you meet Rachel? Yeah, Rachel is my best friend's sister, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Bro, that's sketch. Uh, tell me about it. That's sketch as fuck. So <laughs> when I first met her, um, she came over for like a Halloween party. So Mark brought her over and everything, and she walked in the door, and I was like, oh, boy. Like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Like, well, you can't go there. That's your best friend's sister. You know what I mean? I was not going to be that dude. So immediately it was like, nope, shut those feelings off. Like, you're just going to be friends you know well him and i ended up getting closer so every thanksgiving every christmas they would invite me over so i got in really close with the family and then her and i ended up becoming like best friends basically so anytime that i had dating issues or anything like dude i would call her or vice versa like she'd call me crying because you know her boyfriend cheated on her or this and that you know so we were always kind of each other's like safety net you know of just being able to communicate and have that friendship and then it was a fourth of july um 2016 uh, we went out to the beach um you know had a few drinks and yeah one thing kind of led to another and we both kind of just spilled our guts out of like did hey, you have sex on the beach we did not oh we did not God, thank you it's the sandy pelican man you don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> round one Never heard of that <laughs> well her brother was there as well so that, that would have been awkward uh-huh he was already kind of eyeing us having the conversation he knew something was up was he cool with it you guys are you guys still friends yeah Oh, yeah. So really what had happened, so we kind of professed our love for each other that day. She'll tell you it was just me professing my love. Of course. Um, and then basically that next week, I approached him on Monday because we both worked at the same gym. And I was like, look, man, I got to ask you something. And so I just told him what happened. And I was like, look, man, I'd really like to take your sister out. However, like if I don't have your approval, like I'll drop it right here. Like I don't want to ruin our friendship. I don't want to ruin anything that we have. It's not worth it to me. However, like... I do have these feelings and it's worth me even asking you. Um, And so basically he had a little chat with me and you know, the normal, if you hurt her, I'll kill you. Sure. Um, You know, and all of that. But he basically was like, look, man, I would much rather have you date my sister than some of these other guys that have been out there, you know? So basically gave me the green light and I went for it. Do you believe in soulmates? Ooh, I guess what would be the difference? What would be the difference between, well, true love, soulmate? Like, I don't know. I feel like they both kind of go along those same lines. Kind of. Could be. I mean, you can genuinely true love someone that you don't feel is your soulmate. That's very true. I guess I've never thought that deeply about it. So, I'd say yes. Yeah? Yeah. You feel like Rachel's your soulmate? I do. Yeah? I do. You guys are fucking two peas man dude i just feel like it's like i got my best friend that i'm actually attracted to you know so that, that that's helps. kind of that's a dude that's a that's a bonus mm-hmm. like there's no one that, like at the end of the day doesn't matter what we're doing i could go out to the club i could uh you know be hanging out with the boys and that whatever at the end of the day i want to go home i want to be with her like yeah you just don't see that very often a lot of people they do date for looks alone and then they end up in a really bad situation. I feel like I'm calling myself out here. <laughs> Bro, I didn't, I didn't know if I'd ever date again. Really? Why? No. Um, just been through a lot of really bad, uh, two really bad relationships in a row where I was treated really poorly. And it just, it, it created so much 
deep emotional trauma mm-hmm. that I was just like, I mean, at the age I'm 41, I'm just like, I don't have any kids. I'm not married. I was married once to Juge and she's amazing. And I like, we're still amicable. I still, I like see her maybe once every six months or so. Um, but I'm like, at this point, the amount of self work I would have to do to consider allowing somebody back in is just, it's almost not worth it on both sides because they are going to see all of my past trauma the moment they go beneath the surface because that special person that, that, I mean like that person would exist in a world that no one else sees. Like you, you, like you would never see that Mm -hmm. side of me uh, because like you're safe. Right. Mm -hmm. But somebody that I'm, considered considering dating they enter a part of my life that has been through so much trauma they're going to go back there and they're going to stir the trauma back up and that's going to require me to do Mm self-work and i didn't want to do that it's fair it's totally understandable and i i gave up i gave up on it like straight up gave up i was i was just like it's cool i don't have to i tried twice and both, both times I was just treated so poorly. Um, I was just treated like a, a, like basically on both times I was treated like a spot filler, like a placeholder. I was the person that they were spending time with waiting for the actual person to come along. Mm-hmm. And it was rough, man. And it got cheated on multiple times, both times. And so now I'm just like expecting those things for sure. And it had, I mean, for a total of four years. So like, I don't know, I don't know what it, what it's like to have a person that's just interested in, in me solely. I don't know what that's like. For sure. I don't know what it's like to, to see somebody, uh, just do what they say they're going to do. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what any of that's like. So it's, it's all, it's all really unfamiliar to me. It's, it's kind of like a, a foreign language in a sense. Like I just, I'm, I don't understand for sure. And I wish I could, but that's going to take a long time to relearn those things for sure. Well, and it just comes down to how ready are you to deal with maybe some of that past trauma that you maybe totally haven't gotten over yet. <laughs> oh no. You know, it is. And I, like I, I even, I'm careful with my terminology here. Like, um, not necessarily get over, but work through. There you go. That's better. And better put. yeah. And it's a lot of that. You can't even work through it unless there's somebody there existing in the space. For sure. Because like I, I've, I went, I went to therapy for a long time. But the moment somebody enters that space again, now you now you're dealing with things that you can't possibly predict, mm-hmm. because now they're in the space where the trauma happened. Like, did you ever see that movie The Shack? No. A while ago, um, it's a story about it's it's a, a horrible story about a dad who took his two kids, his son and his young son, like twelve and young daughter eight, I think, like those ages, up uh, camping in the Pacific Northwest. And, um, the, the boy was going out on the lake and he fell in and he was almost drowning. So the dad ran down, he left the campsite with the daughter, ran down to save the boy. And when he was down there, some guy came along and abducted the daughter and then took the daughter to this remote cabin 
this shack in the middle of the woods and like killed her. It was this horrible story. And, but the movie is about how there's this, I mean, in the movie, it was like this universal God or this, you know, this energy spirit pulled him back to the shack. Like, and, and so the whole idea was go back to the place of trauma to heal the trauma. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what going back into the dating world is. It's pulling me back to the place where the trauma happened. For sure. And it's fucking scary, bro. I get it. It's hard. Because I'm like, I'm dealing with things that I don't, I, I can't control my emotional response. It's like the thing I can't even con- fucking control. For sure. I had no idea. And that's, so that's new for me. I could see that. And I think you've lost, unfortunately, you've had two bad relationships back to back. So you've lost what it feels like when things are good in that as well. Because oh, yeah. being on your own, when, it, when it's good, when you have a partner, it's even better. You know, it's like all of that multiplies. Really? And you don't realize that. I, I was fortunate that, you know, after my previous girlfriend, I had some time to be alone, work through some things. And, like, I ended up being happy on my own. So yeah. that's how I knew, like, I was ready once this whole Rachel thing came along. Yeah. That, like, I finally got to the point where I was okay with my flaws. I was okay with uh, my past and those types of things. And, um, yeah, I just knew that, I guess I didn't know, I believed that, um, you know, when you find that right partner, like things will get better. Hmm. Dude, it's, it, I think the hardest thing for me is when something comes up and I, I didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is a, uh, like th- there's a book, um, by Elizabeth Gilbert, eat, pray, love. There was a movie made of it, uh, back like, I don't know, more than a decade ago, 15 years ago. Um, and the story is, it's like an autobiography. She tells a story about how she went through a divorce and then she went to Italy and then she went to India and then to Indonesia, the three eyes. And it was like, Italy was all about eating. And then India was all about praying and then like in meditation. And then she went to Indonesia and she found true love. So eat, pray, love is okay. the, that's the book. But, um, and I read it when I was going through my divorce, it was really revolutionary. It was amazing. The movie sucked. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, at the end of the book, they don't even touch this in the movie. At the end of the book, she's like, I remember at the deepest point in my healing, uh, there were memories that were coming up and I didn't know those memories were there. So I would speak to them and I would say, are there any memories that hold pain? And when those memories would come to the surface, she would say, I love you. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And it was just like these moments of like accepting the hardest parts of your past and pulling them into the present and saying, I'm not going to run from these things. I'm not trying to get over it. I want to work through it. Cause it's like, that is me. It's my story. I don't even have another story. For sure. Right. And so like when I'm in the process of considering dating and starting to date and doing things that like I never thought I would do again, I have to ask myself the question, like, are there any parts of me that hold pain and being willing to be like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. It's part of my story. And I'm like, bro, that's, that is the scariest fucking thing because there's, there's things that, that I don't know about myself. Sure. And that's fucking scary. You just got to remember that those things don't, define who you are they just made you who you are yeah you know and you're a completely different person than you were 
during those times. Oh, bro, I was a, I was a shell of a person. So kind of along the same lines, I want to ask you a question now. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this goes with it. So yeah. do you feel that, at least for me, I feel like every six months I go through a huge emotional change. even Or like, like almost, I change as a person almost every six months. Not like super drastically, but if you were to take a, take a step back and look, it's mm. like, man, my whole mindset on things six months later are completely different than they were the six months before. Well, I'm constantly changing my mind about things. I hold my belief and my values, I hold them very loosely because I approach most of life with the predisposition of I'm probably wrong about everything. <laughs> um, so my belief and values do change a lot. Mike, I have core values that I'll hold on to. Um, but every six months, I mean, it's, it is really safe to say that six months ago, I, I am not the person I was. Um, and Paige will probably tell you that too. For sure. Um, we were talking about that last night. Um, and she's been a really, a really fundamental person in my life. Showing me parts of myself that I didn't want to look at. For sure. And so especially in that realm of things. Uh, I, I would say in that realm of things, I'm so, a lot different, a lot the same. Um, but yeah, every six months, every year, like I think about myself the beginning of this year and how drastically different I was. I mean, or even like one year ago now, what is it? It's September. I was just beginning to think about launching a business one year ago. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I, I thought I could do everything. And, um, but I also never in a million years thought I would ever date again. For sure. And that was just a year ago. So that is a very safe assumption. But you're probably, you're, you're aware of it mm -hmm. now, that six-month shift. So you're probably you can probably cognitively look at those shifts and changes. Mm -hmm. it's easier too, because I feel like I noticed that, I don't know, year, two years ago, I just like took a step back and it was, and it might've had to do with my previous job. Like uh, I wanted to be a regional manager. Um, I got offered the position. By the time I ended up getting offered it, it was completely different. Uh, I didn't want it. I realized like even my interests and everything like that had completely changed. Really? But like six months before that, I would have done anything to have that <laughs> role. Give it to me. You know, it's and it's really like, how, wild. how does that change that drastically? You know, yeah. did something is there? And I can't think back to a specific moment where it was like, that's where that's where it changed. Hmm. But yet just somewhere along that line, uh, interests, everything just completely changed. Hmm. That's wild. All right. One more question. And then we're just going to hit pause until next week. We'll, we'll pick Deal. this back up because this is good. Um, if if that microphone was like really special and you could click it on and for 30 seconds, the whole world would hear you. What would you say? Oh man, that's a good one, man. Um, I think I would just tell them that you're going to make it like, I don't, at least in my life, a lot of my friends, a lot of my family seems to be going through like really tough times right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just want to tell them that like, you are going to get through this because there are some of them that have talked about ending their life, have talked about, you know, they think it's the end of the world. And 
I mean, we've all, we've had those moments all throughout our life. If you were to take a step back and think there were times where like, oh, you think this is the end. This is, this is it. But yet, you somehow make it through it, you know? So I just feel like I would, just to motivate people and just realize that like, you're stronger than what you really think you are and you are gonna make it through uh, whatever you think you can. Like you've made it through every horrible day you've ever had until now. Yeah. And you can do it again. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's good stuff, man. Dude, thanks for coming on. Dude, thanks for having me. This is a blast. Yeah, it is. We'll do it again. Sounds good, bro. Bye, everybody. All right. See you.